Eagles podcast on a Friday, a Thursday morning, rather. Bo Wolf here, and to steal a line once again from the great comedian Zach Berman, an exciting show today in which we will be joined by one of the great Philadelphia sports people of all time, and also Brian Dawkins, who joins the show at 945. Rich Hoffman, how are you? Bo, I'm doing great. I'm excited for the show. It's always good to have a conversation again. It's, we, got the, we got the kinks out. You were here last night. Sixers, big win over the Celtics. You put out the newsletter. You're here to talk Eagles. You are, in fact, a Renaissance man. I am. I am. And uh, thank you for saying that. And uh, it actually came from you this time, not me. So. <laughs> That's right. You are a, a man of many talents, a man of many uh, insights. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Nicobe Dean injury coming up on the show. We're going to get into some of the other things going on in the Eagles world. But before we do that, let's, let's sort of just set the scene here, set the stage for Doc because you are a man who uh, grew up as a boy being a big Weapon X fan. Sure. I mean, I, I feel like, and again, we already had this conversation, but Brian Dawkins is the one guy that turned me into a concussion uncle. Frothing I, at the mouth. Yes. Yeah. I would just, I mean, God, like some of the big plays he would make and just the passion that that guy played with both, you know, before the game, crawling out of the tunnel, doing the Wolverine thing, some of the pregame speeches that the Eagles have shown I mean, I think it's very clear for obvious reasons that he is maybe the most beloved Philadelphia athlete of all time. Like he's he's way up there. And certainly like for for that generation, like there's no I mean, it's like it's Iverson and it's Dawkins. Right. That's one and two. Right. Now, here's my question for you, because we're, we're in the in the middle of this Jason Kelsey glow up. Right. Where, you know, he's he's sexiest man in the world. He's got the number one podcast. In uh in sports, second Eagles wise to this one, but do you think that he is like reaching Dawkins levels of like universal love? I, I think he is, and I also think he has the moment that not only the Super Bowl, but he has the moment yes. where he gives a speech where that is going to be looked back on for a long time. Um, I I definitely think for maybe the first half of Jason Kelsey's career, it was not quite as obvious. That right. he would reach that. This is more of like a, a slow boil. Yeah, and I, I think it's just rare for a guy to be in his 30s and still be the best player at his position in the league pretty much every year. But I think Kelsey is probably the only person in Philadelphia sports right now that is even approaching the Dawkins level. I think that's I think that's probably fair. And it also sort of brings to mind not to like hash up, you know, old things, but like, you know, Dawkins did not get to finish his career with the Eagles. And there have been times over the course of Jason Kelsey's career where it felt like, and he has talked about, maybe he was going to have to leave, you know, Jeff Stoutland pounded the table to, to keep him around. He is going to get to finish his career as a full-time Philadelphia Eagle, whereas Dawkins did not get to. No. And that's, uh, that is cool that, that Kelsey will go out as an Eagle. That'll be, well, he's going to be in the hall of fame, right? I think so. I think these, I think these last two years, and like, if we're being a little bit cynical about it, like the fact that he is so popular and is probably going to have a, like a full-time job in sports media whenever his career is done, I think all of that stuff sort of plays into it. But I also think that he's deserving. I think he will be. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're the, the best player at your position for such a long time, but yeah, I think when we're talking about the similarities with Dawkins, I go back to that documentary on, uh, on Amazon this year where it's just like, there's a level of authenticity that both of those guys had. It's it's a little bit different, right? Yes. Like Dawkins had just, it was pretty much sheer intensity and and leadership in that way. Where Kelsey's a little bit more of an everyman where, you know, he's kind of. But he, I mean, certainly has that in like, you know, there's that the, the clip of him like laughing maniacally in the face of the, the Cowboys guy from last week. And he has got this like hair trigger temper. Both of those guys are like case studies in. Uh, like life as an NFL player where you have to be able to just sort of flip the switch and not let it carry over to your everyday life. But on the field in between the lines, they are borderline psychos. Yeah. And uh, I think that 
plays very well in this city and like not only the passion, but just being excellent at your position. Like I know Jimmy Kemsky has done some, some pieces where he just brought up like, man, Brian Dawkins was better than everybody else's favorite safety with like maybe a couple exceptions, just the amount of turnovers he forced. I mean, he was just an incredible player for such a long time. I mean, I will always remember the 2009 run he had when that defense got really hot in the second half of the year and he was just making big plays at, you know, a, a, an age where you probably didn't have too many safeties at the NFL making those type of big plays. So obviously B-Doc, one of my favorites of all time. Very excited to talk to him. All right. Well, before we get to Weapon X, let's talk a little bit about Soul Savvy because the Drops by Soul Savvy app makes it easy to keep up with all the latest news, releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world. It is your one-stop shop for everything sneakers. They've got three things they want you to know about, okay? The drop alerts, instant notifications, so you never miss a release again. You will get instantly notified whenever your size is available to buy. Number two, the free raffle management. Keep track of all the raffles in the sneaker world so you don't miss a map. Number three, the release calendar. The accurate release calendar will keep you updated on releases that are upcoming. So whether you are a casual buyer or an all-out sneakerhead, Soul Savvy has something for you with three different levels, the basic version, which is free, the mobile plus, or the premium. This Saturday, well, actually, this was uh, recently, but you could have had on last uh, Saturday the Air Jordan 1 Reimagined Royal. That one dropped. Hope you were using Soul Savvy and you were aware of it. So sign up for the Soul Savvy app by clicking the links in the description below or by visiting links.soulsavvy.com slash P-H-L-Y or head over to the App Store and download the Drops by Soul Savvy app. All right. Um, I guess before Dawkins comes, we can we can sort of dip our toe into the conversation of N'Kobe Dean. Uh, the, the dreaded mistress befell him yesterday. Reports of a Liz Frank injury, the midfoot sprain. Probably sounds like he's going to be headed to injured reserve for the second time this season. Now, the NFL rules have changed so that he can come back again if he, if he is ready to. But fair to say that the first year and a half of Nicobe Dean's career have, have not gone to plan. No. And I think number one, we, we knew that he dropped in the draft due to some medical concerns and, you know, having a foot injury twice this season is, is probably not a great thing. I am a little more worried, Bo. And again, I am not the, the Fran Duffy's of the world. I am not crunching the all 22 every week. I'm a little worried that Nicobe Dean has not played well though, when he has been on the this year and you know he's been rotating with Nicholas Morrow as Zach Cunningham is ahead of him and that's like that doesn't happen in the NFL that's like high school stuff um and I, and I kind of wonder like you know Howie Roseman has spent a couple of third round picks on linebackers and it you know drastically different players Davion Taylor seems like the guy you know the toolsy guy you had to teach how to play football and Nicobe Dean is the guy with the the great SEC um you know, college career seems like a very smart um, type of player. It just hasn't worked out so far, though. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I think there were two different situations, right? Um, because and they were also different spots in the third round. I think we can like can, because they're both third round picks. It sounds like the same investment, but you know, Dean was at the top of the draft. Davion Taylor was like a comp pick. It was probably like 25, 30 picks later. Taylor was like you knew that it was a roll of the dice. Right. Um, you knew that this was a guy who has these tools and uh, OK, we'll, we'll have Dawkins in a little bit. Um, had these crazy tools. You're hoping that you could sort of teach him how to play football. Right. And to me, that is that's not a great bet. I've always thought that uh, like linebacker and safety, these positions that are so much about instincts, where if you know what's going on, you can your speed can play up a little bit. Uh, and if you take one misstep, your speed doesn't matter. I have thought that like those are positions where I would I would lean a little bit more towards guys who have played a lot in college and have that that bank of memories and that you know ten thousand hours on task or whatever. Whereas a position like edge rusher, you you want to take the athlete, right? You want to you want to bet on uh, like that development. Nicobe Dean was like was that, and it just sort of hasn't worked out so far. Maybe there's been a little bit of of bad luck involved, but. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit more because I believe we do have Brian Dawkins himself. No, not yet. All right, we heard the uh, we heard the chime. Do, is he is he on or not? Oh, okay, oh, somebody okay. else. All right, there's I think they're setting up 
the interview because we're going to talk about this very cool trading card that that Brian Dawkins is releasing. Um, but yeah, I mean, last year as a rookie, Nicobe Dean comes in with these high expectations. You think this is a guy ready to play and he can't get on the field over Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards was playing very well, but you know, Kaiser White was, was sort of just okay. And this year, as you said, comes off the injury. First week he's rotating with Nicholas Morrow. Okay, like okay. he's getting back getting in health. Back. Like like three weeks into this yeah. thing and it's like every series on and off. It's just hard to hard to believe that he's going to be like an impact player. And you look back to training camp, I, I think it was a little bit of a red flag where was it a couple weeks in? They bring in these two veterans who right. were not playing for teams at the time, Zach Cunningham. And one of them is now probably the Eagles' best linebacker. Yeah, right Cunningham's now. been good. Yeah. And and also part of the reason they did that was because he was injured. And so he got injured over the summer. He got injured in week one, and he just got injured again. And when you talk about a player who like some of the knock on him was that he was a little bit small and a little bit slight coming into the NFL, how's he gonna hold up? His first year as a as a starter, he's been injured three times now. So, what do you think the lesson is here for Howie? Because I'm I'm not completely writing off. Like, are, are you writing? No, off? Uh, no, and, and and nor should we. You know, it's his second year. Um, but I also don't think that even when he's been on the field, he's been he's been an impact player, right? Um, and the the like the allure of Nicobe Dean is that this is a guy who can step in right away. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit more because now I think we do have Brian Dawkins. Doc, do we have you? I'm here. What's there that? There he is. Hello, gentlemen, how y'all doing? Here, we're doing very well. We're doing better now. Great to see you. We have uh, we have the card here, and uh, and we are excited to talk about this. This is your very first uh, trading card. Tell us about how it came together. I mean, it's it's so cool. There's like all these great details in here. Um, why was this important to you? And and uh, you know how did it come together? Well, first of all, is my love for. Um, the imaginary, right? It's, it's my love for cartoons back in the day. It's my love for comic books back in the day. It's my love for, um, you know, football cards back in the day. Even though I ne didn't necessarily collect them, I collected the ones that I wanted to collect, right? And so because of my love of that, and then me being blessed to play the you know, game that I played as long as I played it and blessed to then come across a guy with an imagination like Jordan to uh, come to me with this idea. I was like, yeah, I would love to do that. And it still blows me away to see me on cards, me on, you know, different things, because I never expected this for my life. Doug, I saw that the proceeds, a lot of this goes to the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation. Can you kind of talk about the mission of, of what you're trying to do there? Yeah, but I don't want to eat up too much of time here, but so the foundation basically is to bless single parents with some of the resources that they need to help them in life's ups and downs, especially the children in the household, number one. We want to bless them with transformational moments to help them see life outside of their communities so that they can chase a vision that could possibly send them into another stratosphere of opportunities for hope. And then we bless high school age um, uh, students with cerebral wellness packages. I don't call, I don't talk about mental health anymore. It's too much negative connotations attached to it. I talk about my cerebral wellness. So we have programs in about 25 schools in Philadelphia and about 10 schools in Jacksonville, Florida to help students understand the significance of that, the, ne the negative connotations attached to it, breathing, uh, coping mechanisms, how to recognize when you need help, how to get help, and then ultimately um, how to have conversations conversations with your friend to help them also get the help as well. And so those are some of the things that the foundation does. And you know, we also do uh, uh, mentoring programs that we're starting up this year. So there's a lot of different things that the program uh, the foundation is, is doing, but it would take me a lot of time to kind of explain it all. Well, that sounds like a, a great mission. Uh, Jordan Spector is the artist and you can get all the information you need about the card at spectorsportsart.com. Um, Doc, I guess let's let's transition to to this Eagles team. You know, you were you were so close to that 2017 team. You were you were in the building for that special run. I'm I'm just curious what your relationship has been like watching from a little bit more of, of afar the last year and a half of this of this Eagles sort of rise to Super Bowl caliber again. Uh, the thing I I think I love the most is the aggressiveness of the front office. 
like the, the scouting department, the how, what the due diligence they have done. And, and I was there, so I recognize, I know what they're doing behind the scenes. I know how they collect and how they make lists and, and have the, the people that they, they want to truly go after. And I love, the, again, the creativity of the front, front office of bringing in all of these guys of character, right? Not just bringing in guys, but guys of character to then add to what they already have there, a culture that has been built there in Philadelphia now that could potentially add individuals, what they do well, and then go in and have confidence year in and year out that this team will be one of the teams to look like going towards the Super Bowl, making runs. Sounds familiar, right? So that's one of the things I love about where the team is. Like That's the expectation every year is for them to go out to get these individuals to draft a specific way. And for those, again, those to be quality individuals, quality people, right? Not just talented people, but quality people. So I, I love that part of it. Doug, I was curious about, you know, because you've had the front office experience, I'm kind of curious when you're watching games now, are you, are you watching it from the vantage point of the guy in the secondary, which is kind of interesting because as you know, like the, the game tape, like if you don't have the all 22, you don't necessarily see everything back there. Or are you looking at other things now? Like, are you, are you kind of taking a broader view? How do you, how do you watch games now? So where I am now, I'm a fan. I don't have to evaluate talent. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, so I don't, I don't, I don't have to look at the scheme. I don't have to look at what are they doing? You know, are they, are they three deep? Are they two deep? I don't have to do that. Right. So I just, I enjoy the doggone game. I just watch it and enjoy the game. And uh, unless like, if I, if I want to watch a specific guy, obviously that's different. If I'm paying attention to a safety or a corner, I want to see a tech uh, just like early in the, early in the year, I was paying attention, a whole lot of attention to, to our, to our guy, uh, Carter, right. He's still a rookie, but I'll give him. I'll say Mr. Carter because he's a baller, right? So, that and so, in that, I'm more focused on what I want to watch, not what the people, what the announcers is telling me to watch. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I like. I think that's a good uh, to get to get Dawkins' seal of approval on Jalen Carter is is a pretty big uh, deal. The last thing I want to ask you about Doc is we were sort of talking about this before how how Jason Kelsey now is arguably like the most beloved Philadelphia athlete since you. And I imagine that, that you are like the only person who can really relate to like when, when Jason Kelsey is out in public and people are coming up to him, there's this imbalance where every interaction he has is the most important interaction to the other person. It's the thing that they're going to remember for, for years probably. Right. And that, that feels like there must be some pressure to that, to live your daily life like that where every interaction is like that. What was that like for you? Um, it, it was humbling is what it was. And I said kind of earlier, like I didn't expect these things to be, people be creating cards for myself. I didn't expect to be in Hall of Fame. I didn't expect any of those things. Like at this point, to be honest with you, I'm living somebody else's dream because I didn't dream this big, right? So that's how I see my life. That's how I see success through my 16 year old eyes. And that dude did not, he did not, he did not expect anything from himself to be honest with you. he was very angry and so when people come up to me and I, I i believe it is my my duty right to be the best me that i can be in that moment right but now i've i've grown to understand now though that i need to be the best me regardless of who comes across me does that make sense so when you come across me i'm going to be the best me if you don't come across me i'm going to be the best me so what i'm saying is that who i am in private is the same as who i am in public well that's that sounds like a good way to good way to live our lives good advice uh doc thank you so thank you so much for taking the time we really appreciate it Absolutely. So real quick, before we get off, did you, did they give you the list of the numbers or what the, the numbers represent? Did they give you a rundown uh, of that? No, we, we know that there are uh, 2020 of the cards being released. So 2020, right. Uh, for you, what, what else do we need to know? So the 2020, so then there's 96, um, total cards of green foil. And that was obviously the, the year that I was drafted. There's 61, that um, has the, excuse me, there's the total number, excuse me, I'll, I'll just read it. The okay. total number of authentic cards in the set is 61. And obviously that I'm the 61st pick. The 61st pick at that year 
in my mind was the first pick in the third round, not the last pick in the second round. That's how oh. I use it as motivation, right? So I just wanted to give you that tidbit. Um, 18, um, obviously, is the year that I went into the Hall of Fame. So there's 18 total number of uh, foil base cards. Then there's the number 13 is the, the years that I played in Philadelphia. And that number is the total of rainbow foil cards. And then nine is the number of Pro Bowls that I went to. And that's the total number of green foil cards. So we wanted to do something really special. Me, myself, and Jordan want to do something really special and make it unique. Like and, and make it that you when you get this, you know that you are of twenty two thousand and twenty people that have that card. Nobody else will be able to have say that they have those. So we're very excited about this. Yeah, and I think uh, to your point, like all of these little details, even on the card itself, if if we can zoom in on it, you know, there's there's all these different sayings on here. Even the the box here has the the classic respect is not given, it is earned dog on it. So uh, if you are a, a Brian Dawkins sicko, like I imagine everybody listening is, <laughs> this is uh, very much for you. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Doc. Of course. Thanks for joining us. All right. Um, God be blessed. Now, you know, there's no game this weekend. You don't get to go see Doc play. But, you know, you want to go to a, you want to go to a Sixers game, want to go to a Flyers game, maybe enjoy some theater. Game time is the place to go. Because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed what'd you think of that love that guy i mean what, what energy i also think it's cool that he's he's doing the card because obviously he was very into the wolverine persona yes. too this is obviously something that has been an interest of him for a, a long time just thoroughly enjoyed the Brian second dawkins. locker yeah and and uh, kevin byard who is a big dawkins fan has has one of the dawkins lockers like, yeah we can debate whether he's playing up to that level yet we've got some time <laughs> for that uh, an entire second half of the season but uh yeah i mean i i feel like uh you know zach is not here i feel like there's like a um there is a connective thread between zach and dawkins in just the <laughs> the the indefatigability of them these guys have like boundless energy and passion for what they do yeah yeah he's <laughs> you don't think he's a doc no i never thought about it that way but i, I guess z berm is the is the b dog of the eagles beat yeah i don't know that he's gonna be crawling out and uh you know woofing although he does like start every show before the show starts with like a very loud vocal let's have a good show let's have a great show so i don't know maybe there is a little bit of <laughs> a little doc to, to Zach. Yeah. I know he's listening, so. There is a little bit of that. Uh, it feels kind of strange to go back to N'Kobe D. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, like, but yeah, here we are. We've got another half an hour to talk about. So, uh, yeah, I guess we can get back to N'Kobe Dean. Um, so let, let me ask you, is there like a lesson here? Like, should they go in between kind of those two extremes that, that Howie drafted at linebacker? You know, the, the traits guy and then the, uh, you know, kind of the smart, smarter football player, if a bit undersized. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, my my opinion is that like the Nicobe Dean prototype is the the kind of linebacker I would rather draft. I mean, it's it's like it it sort of reinforces the lesson of like maybe you don't need to use a third round pick on a linebacker and yeah. stick to day three. And like, is there really a big difference between you know uh, a player like Nicobe Dean and a linebacker you get in the fifth round? Now, Nicobe Dean, like on on many draft boards, was considered like a late first round pick, right? So I, I think there, I think part of the lesson also is when there's like such a big fall like that, it's hard to really believe that, you know, something that everybody else doesn't. Um, 
if the whole league is saying this guy is not a first round pick, like maybe he's more of a third round pick. It's not like it's not like you, you can think you're going to get one over on everybody. Right. Um, I think there is something to like the, the, the group thing. Well, and also like I look at like Kaiser White last year. I look at Nigel Bradham during the Super Bowl year. Is there is there something to maybe not spending a ton of resources, but maybe, you know, allocating, you know, a couple million dollars in free agency to go get a kind of a more experienced type player. Well, it's certainly I mean, you know, how he has done the the veteran linebacker roulette for a long time. And like after between Nigel Bradham and Kaiser White and before Zach Cunningham, they were all of these yep, misses, right? You know, you're Jatavis Brown and Paul Warlow and uh, Zach Brown, LJ Fort, who actually turned out to be a good player elsewhere. But um, I, I, my opinion is that they're handling it the right way. It is resource allocation wise, probably the least important position on offense or defense. And so I think it's fine the way that they do it. It's just that if you're going to, if you're going to do it that way, you can't be disappointed when you don't end up with a, a stud. Yeah. So let me ask you, it's, I agree with you that it's the least important position, especially on, on defense. Um, I think a lot of the consternation around Philadelphia is about the back seven on this team, the pass defense. How much do you think specifically? Yeah. How much do you think the linebackers play into that? Or is that more of a secondary type thing? That's a good question. I, I mean, my, I think like uh, defense in today's NFL to be like a really good pass coverage linebacker is like so rare yeah you know there there are like three guys in the league who you really trust fred warner yeah exactly now so i think it is more about the safeties um and it's probably a little bit of a scheme thing but i it's just it's such a hard position to play like um there's so much space the way offenses spread things out in the middle of the field like you know zach cunningham has been doing a good job but if zach cunningham is uh, schemed up to be in coverage against CD lamb. Like he was on a couple of plays on Sunday. You can't expect him to win that. Like, you know, you take it, you take an eight yard reception and you move on to the next down. Um, so I, I think like the, the Nicobe Dean thing is less about, uh, coverage and more about just, he's just like, we're not seeing a lot of like splash plays. We're not seeing a lot of, um, impact plays from a player who was supposed to come in ready to play. Yeah, I mean, it's just because you you hear all these stats about, you know, the success that Washington and Dallas are having, and Dallas probably didn't push that advantage quite enough of just the middle of the field, right, Mm -hmm. against these guys. And I just kind of wonder, like, would a better linebacker matter, or is it more, you know, slot corner struggling? And and I think it's, yeah, to me, the the bigger concern is is the slot and that other safety. Um, I think that is where they're, they're bound to get a little bit more exposed. Because, I mean, even if you just think about it, like on a on a very baseline thing like if you, if you're bad in coverage at linebacker you're giving up 8 yards if you're bad in coverage at nickel or down the field at safety you've got a chance that you're giving up 30 yards right it's just that's that's sort of just simple math yeah um well i mean obviously that's the issue with this team i think i saw they're, they're 21st in defensive dvoa right now yeah i'm okay with that um and we've we've sort of talked about this over the course of the season. I'm I'm happy to have a high variance defense um, because like if you can tell me that Sean Desai is going to go up against a top five offense and every three times he's going to have a, a performance like he did against the Dolphins, you take that because other like the flip side is you have the Johnny Gans defense that doesn't really adjust and every single good quarterback is going to carve them up and you have no hope like unless the defensive line is just dominating. It's been such a weird thing to watch them as B Doc as a fan. I love that he said that too. He's like, yeah, I'm not really studying the. Uh, the I players. like that. Yeah, I'm it's just, it's I'm fun just, to imagine like Doc just like being very um, sort of basic NFL fan, like just watching the quarterback in the pocket, like get the ball out, get the ball out. Like, <laughs> yeah, like one of the smartest players I've ever seen, right. just being like, man, that sack was cool. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Jalen Carter, he's a beast. Hell yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just wonder if we are we putting a little too much into that Miami performance? I agree. Johnny Gans would never have done that against Miami. That just that was not in the mm-hmm. in the toolbox for him. Uh, but it, it's just kind of a weird feeling where this defense like, OK, so like Sam Howell is going to carve them up every time they play. And one of the greats, I'm, I'm supposed to feel more confident about that m- moving forward. I, I guess here's another question for you. Like Bayard seemed like he struggled at times, made a couple good plays, but struggled at times. Do you think like. He might get better, you know, after the bye week and maybe playing here. Or is it like a little more like, okay, maybe he was available for a reason? 
Yes. Uh, I mean, I think there is hope that he's going to get better. It's it's a difficult position to ingratiate into very quickly, right? You need to know all of your responsibilities and you need to know where everybody else is supposed to be. It's only been two games. So I think there is hope. The flip side is, I, you know, I talked about this with Zach yesterday. Like, I am a little bit worried about Bayard because for the reasons you said, he was available for the entire league. There's a little bit of a Robert Quinn dynamic here where like, wow, we stole oh, no. Robert Quinn for a fourth round pick. But guess what? Everybody in the league already knew that Robert Quinn was available. Um, maybe there was a reason that that was all it took to get him. So a fifth and a sixth to get a guy who like was playing at an all pro level and probably isn't anymore. There's a chance that he has, has fallen off the cliff. I do think that the, the difference is like Quinn was a luxury that they were just sort of hoping would add to a group. Whereas like, if they didn't have Kevin Byard, they'd be playing Terrell Edmonds right now, or they're you know still waiting for Justin Evans to come back on IR, or Sidney Brown is out there next to Reed Blankenship. This is a position where they they needed a guy, and so even if he's not great, he's at least trustworthy, and I think I think that matters for them. And I also think it's it's like a little riskier because the secondary, it's like you said, like you have to know where the other guys are. Like I think when I look at the other in season trades, you, you mentioned Robert Quinn. That's a little more of a disappointment because like it's like if he was good, it's just go get the quarterback for the most part. Right. And when you look at Jay Ajayi, it's like, all right, just like, just hit the hole for the most part, you know, catch the ball on screen. Right. That's got to be the easiest position. You yeah. Imagine. I mean, unless you're like uh, requiring him to pick up blitzes or things like that, that's gotta be easy. This is tougher. And I kind of understand yeah. a little bit why maybe there is a little bit of a, a learning curve here, but yeah, I, I am a bit worried about it. Um, I, I also worry too about like the outside guys, right? Like, like, Bradbury yeah. like a few years ago totally it, it, fair. it just feels like there's like a little bit of slippage in a lot of spots here and it's kind of all adding up with this but isn't that so interesting that like this is the dynamic of of pretty much every Eagles conversation is like these are all the things I'm worried about this is what's going wrong and they're eight and eight one, one. they've got the best record in the league like <laughs> why is that I, I don't know and you know it's funny like I mentioned DVOA they're they're 10th in DVOA so at on, on one hand I am like you know, hand wringing about, oh man, the nickel cornerback isn't playing good right. enough. Is, is Bradbury a step slower? And I'm also like, how dare you? How dare you rank them 10th in DVOA? They're 8 right, exactly. 1. What, does winning games matter to this algorithm? Right. And, you know, I think obviously they didn't play great teams at the beginning of the year. Like, I think the Washington games probably left me the queasiest just because it's like that team's not very good. Uh, but when you win a close game against Dallas and you dominate that for most of the game and, you know, the offense was situationally pretty poor at the end of the game, you know, the three, three and outs, like that's the type of game where I leave it feeling more positive where I'm like, that's a good team. And you were better than them for about three and a half quarters. Uh, so yeah, it's a very weird season so far, even though like, how can I really complain that much? They're eight and one. Like that's, that's about as it good has as been a do. weird dynamic. And, and I mean, I understand that like the psychology is that after last year, your expectations change. Yeah. And so like you're not going to be as like pleasantly surprised. I also think it's fair because they went to the Super Bowl last year. They are built to go to the Super Bowl. That is like, that is the, um, the way that they should be evaluated is, is on that level. Like the, the, the standard is the standard as, as Jalen Hurts would say. But I also do feel like there is a little bit of like, they're not as good as an eight and one record. But if they're not as good as an A one record, they're maybe more of a six and three team, and that's still a team that is capable of going to the Super Bowl. And I feel like um, it's okay to say both of those things. Like I think they're better than the tenth best team in the league, no doubt about it. Um, and also, they have now banked these eight wins, which means that their path to potentially getting the one seed is even better. Which means that they have an even better chance of getting to the Super Bowl. So, well, and I think as we learned last season, like. The one seed is such an advantage now. Like, yeah. obviously, you know, it used to be two Maybe teams. Maybe, like, too much of an advantage. Almost, way too much of an advantage that you, you get the bye week and you get the host games. Now, I think Detroit is going to be – I don't think you can slip up too and much. And a very easy schedule. Just because their yeah. schedule is so yeah. easy. You know, we can argue. I know Z-Berm is, uh, is not as high on them. I, I thought that was was interesting. They're Look, they're, they're playing pretty well. But I, I think if you just look at their schedule, they're going to have a lot of wins at the end of the season – them getting that Kansas city win week one, I think is going to end up being a pretty big deal. Um, but yeah, like if they get the number one seed, Oh wait, they have to win two games again and they get to be at home and they are right on the path to doing it. So again, I'm probably complaining a bit too much about, you know, situational offense and, and past defense, but 
I, it is it is what it is. I think it's like you said, the Super Bowl has kind of warped my expectations a little bit. And, you know, I think heading into the season, the weird thing was I saw the tougher schedule and I was like, this will be cool. They'll be tested. Right. Like, they lost the coin flip game yeah. in the Super Bowl last year. Maybe that wasn't a surprise. They were killing teams for the most part. They got a little bit fortunate with the playoffs and the schedule, but I don't know. Going through it, it just hasn't felt quite as good. And what about Jalen? What's your sort of Jalen experience been like this season? Uh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's weird because the first couple of weeks he was completely out of sync. I thought, and you know, whatever numbers he was getting, I wasn't quite as impressed by, I've been wildly impressed with him over the past couple of weeks as a passer. I'm just worried. Like, can he move? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think as we've seen, as the run game has tapered off, he's right. gone up as a passer. And I, I wonder, like, do you think that's a matter of teams are kind of picking their poison against the Eagles and they're saying we're selling out against the run and we're going to make him beat beat us throwing which he's done a great job of over the past couple of weeks the Jets game aside or is it kind of like he can't move and he's not the you know the threat of the runner as like when he's keeping the ball and those type of things yeah I, I am not uh quite advanced enough to to tell you exactly how defenses are playing him differently in the run game but I do think that the the uh lack of concern about Jalen as a runner matters more for the rest of the running game than it does for like worrying about his scrambling ability. You know, he still, you know, he still uh, leads the league in first down runs and all that stuff. Like yeah. he's still getting a, a, some of those things done, but like is a defense less worried about him getting 20 yards on a thing like that. And like, uh, they don't want to play man coverage because of that. I don't really think so. I think the bigger thing is like on those reads, if they're not crashing hard onto Jalen, then all of a sudden they can focus more on DeAndre Swift and worry a little bit more about that. And I think that that is a factor of, of what's going on in, in the diminished effectiveness of the running game. Yeah, because I, I, as much as I, I'm excited to get Cam Jurgens back at, at right guard, I feel like Cam Jurgens isn't the only difference between the yes, first four weeks I agree. and this. So, you know, it's and that's like, look, that, that makes them a different team because I think – the Eagles, you know, his you fans. Little, like at the end of the Cowboys game, like that was the difference is that they were not able to run the game away and salt the game away like they were earlier in the season. And I think as Eagles fans, like we were spoiled for a while. Like the fact that they could just run the ball at the end of the game when the other team knew they wanted to run the ball and they could, you know, kind of salt away the clock and have these four minute drives. I mean, what was the, the Bucks game? That was like a nine minute drive at yeah. the end of that game. So we've even seen it a little bit this year as well. That's not normal. Like, if you watch other NFL games, if you watch Red Zone every week, these games are, are batshit crazy. And the reason is, like, teams can't run the ball at the end of games. So you see these weird things. So it's just, I also think, like, that doesn't make the Eagles too much different from the rest of the league. But I think what made them different and what made kind of these games a little more stress-free and easy was the fact that they could just run it whenever they wanted at the end of games. Yes, and I think there is there is sort of like a myopia of, Everyone's like Eagles fans are just watching the Eagles. The rest of the league offense is down a little bit across the league. I don't think that there's like a team that is playing better than the Eagles are. It's just that like uh, our expectations for a team that's eight and one are a little bit higher than maybe they deserve to be with how the whole league is playing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, anyway, I just don't want to bank too much on like Cam, Cam Jurgens coming in for Tyler. Yeah, exactly. Like he's like he's Larry Allen or something yep. like that. All right. Well, uh, Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. All right, Rich, I did something very uh, silly before the show today because I was thinking about the the Hertz, I mean, the uh, Kelsey Dawkins thing and how Dawkins didn't get to finish his career with the Eagles and Kelsey is going to. And a couple days ago, they had uh, on the Immaculate Grid. Are you an Immaculate Grid guy? I, you know what? I was during the off season and I, you know what? I just lost interest. I, I lose interest in stuff quickly. Like I'm, I'm somebody who, when it starts to feel like homework. Like, yeah. 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 I would say for the first month, especially the, the baseball one, I was, I was doing it every day. You know, I was texting friends with, you know, 
what my score well, I guess was. Who I remembered, yeah, yeah, like, Mariano this, Duncan. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but I lost interest in it. But I, I know it's still it's still cooking. They have a bunch of sports now. You can do it with football. Which do you feel like you would like you would you would kill the basketball one? Yeah, I did it a couple times and I got it right away. Now here, here's the other thing I don't quite like about Immaculate Grid. by the way, I think it's it's cool for anybody who does. But people trying to get the uh, what's the score called? Like the the rareness yeah, score, yeah, 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 or whatever. That that feels like homework to me. Like, let me think of that them. is that is the the change that I have made in my immaculate grid life. Is like in the beginning, I was like, okay, let me let me spend some time trying to think about like somebody really rare who played for the Rockies and the Mets or whatever. Um, and now because it's like it has become a little bit like this is a thing I got to get done. Yeah, it's just, whoever pops into my head, it, if it's the seventy five percent person, that's fine. I'm just let, let let me just get through this. See, I think it should be viewed as like the New York Times mini crossword where. You just whoever can get nine of nine the fastest, you're the winner. Uh, yeah, now that's good. Yeah. See, I like that, and I also just like that that would require less time too. That would require, yes. you know, three or four minutes. Yeah, I think a time day. aspect is it might be good. Yeah. Yeah. So just a just a suggestion. I know Sports Reference bought them, uh, Philadelphia company. Just Mike Mike Lynch, Sean Foreman. Just a suggestion for you guys. So anyway, they had one the other day that was um, only played for one team, and so it, it, it was an Eagles one, and so. I was going through that list and like, okay, let me put together the the all-time team of Eagles who have only played for the Eagles. Okay, so let me get your reaction to this team. The quarterback, you're going to be a little bit weighted towards recency bias because these guys are young. It's Jalen Hurts. It's either him or Coy Detmer. So. Remember the Coy Detmer celebration where he would like, <laughs> I don't even know what he was doing or yes. whatever. The, uh, man, what a Monday night game against San Francisco. What a neck was. beard. Um <laughs> You can, and there's going to be a lot of old guys here, too. No, no offense to old guys. Uh, running back, I'm going Steve Van Buren. Got to be. Uh, wide receiver, Mike Quick. Now, Mike Quick is a good one here because one of the, I mean, probably the second best receiver in Eagles history over the course of his career to Harold. Um, and then the other one, like there are guys who have more receiving yards. You could go uh, Todd Pinkston if you're nasty. But I think, I think I'd go Devontae Smith here as, as the second wide receiver. Uh, tight end Pete Retzlaff, no doubt about it. Uh, I'm giving I'm giving Pete Pios uh, a spot here as the as the flex, and then the offensive line: Lane Johnson, Jerry Sizemore, Wade Key, Jim Skaggs, and Jason Kelsey. Any, <laughs> I mean, those are some good names. Jim Skaggs. I feel like uh, this segment has been brought to you by Ray Dinger. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we need. Uh, we need a Ray Dinger. Have you, you know what that Shady actually, Ray. you know what that actually reminded me of? Have you ever seen the viral clip of Chris Mad Dog Russo giving the trivia question on his show about who was the Packers starting offensive line in the, uh, in the Super Bowl? If you haven't seen it, it's one of the most ridiculous things where he's, he's screaming, it's not Jerry Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> Just obscure names like that. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of Wade Key before though. Now I have, I, uh, unfortunately can't tell you much about Wade Key. But here we are. On defense, we've got Brandon Graham, yeah. Fletcher Cox. This is a little bit sad, but Jerome Brown. Uh, now, right now, I think you have to give the other defensive end spot to Mike Mamula over Josh Sweat. <laughs> uh, I, Mike Mamula, underrated career. He's always thought of as a punchline, but he was actually fairly productive over the course of his career. That's stunning. I've never looked at Mike Mamula's actual numbers. The fact that he could still be considered having a better career than Josh Sweat is remarkable. Give me one more year from Josh Sweat, and, and he can take that spot. Uh, linebackers, we're going Chuck Bednarik. Unfortunately, he doesn't get to play both ways, not with Kelsey involved. Frank Lamaster and John Bunting. The corners are Roy Nell Young and Al Nelson, and the safeties are Randy Logan and Wes Hopkins. Unfortunately, Dawkins doesn't make it. Do you think we should have gone through that team with Dawkins? You would think we should have used his time that way? To yeah. get his thoughts on just, Wade just, Key, just have him not even talk and just just have him like nod along to that. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, that would have been a great use. <laughs> did you did you get did, did you get to talk about the numbers? <laughs> that, did you ever meet any of these guys at an alumni yeah. event? <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Any other any other Eagles thoughts percolating in your mind? No, it's been uh yeah. I think the the main thing is that like it's just I I, I kind of feel bad and that I'm I've been so hypercritical of this team when. They just win. And I, I will say, like, some of the Jalen... It's like, you're, it's like you, you've graduated from being in the regular class to the honors class. Like, you got to be graded a little bit more difficult. 
Well, and it also kind of felt like the Cowboys on the other end. They they felt very moral victory. Like, and what is yeah? What is up with this? Like, oh, we were w- this was a, a good game for us. We learned that we could be just as good as them. This is nonsense. Like, you know, I, I've covered the NBA for a long time. Okay, you can have moral victories in the regular season in the NBA, but I'm sorry, in the NFL, it's like we were talking about. Yeah, they're eight and one. They've banked all these wins. That matters, man. Like more than half the season is over. And for the Cowboys to lose that game, it was very damaging to their NFC East chances. Like the Eagles have some games to play with here. Uh, You know, obviously a tough schedule, but to be two and a half games up with a a very pathetic stuff. Yeah. To like take that as we we know we can be. I was like, yeah, I actually do think the Cowboys have a a pretty good team. Like, I think they are are pretty close to the Eagles and talent. I think um, that game in Dallas in a couple weeks is going to be very hard for the Eagles to win. I gotta be honest. I think I feel better about the Eagles' chances listening to the, the Cowboys' comments. Like, I agree with that. Like, when you lose to the Eagles on the road, like you should be throwing themselves a parade. It's very bizarre. Mad, and and they seem to be happy. I don't know if that San Francisco loss where they lost by a million and they made Brock Purdy look a lot better than he probably is is kind of warped their their minds and you know turning key games into moral victories. But I you know I thought that was very strange. Very strange. Um, how are you feeling about the Super Bowl rematch? Uh, I don't like playing Andy Reid off a, off a bye. It's disappointing to have to play. Like you should get, you shouldn't have to play another team coming off a bye when you're coming off of a bye. You should get that advantage. But can I? It, this is another thing that's just driving me crazy this year. Do you want to talk about from Labor Day to President's Day? Well, I, I do oh. love from Labor Day to President's Day. <laughs> Roger Goodell, you have Z Burns number, I imagine. So uh, get, yeah, they talk. Get him on. Uh, get him on the horn. Um, Patrick Mahomes, stop complaining after every play. Mm. It's, it's starting to really bother me. And as somebody who I think Patrick Mahomes is like, what is probably the most fun player to watch over the past 10 years, fifty, you know, we could go a long ways back. I don't know. Like, I'm not even talking about the, the Bradbury call in the Super Bowl, but because that happened, can you not complain about every call in the regular season? Like, do you, do you need to just be on the refs the entire game when you're playing the jets on Sunday night football in week six, I it's, it's getting a little bothersome to me. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a bit of like mid career Brady to it where like, you're already the best player in the world. Do you need to complain about every little thing? I think that's, I think that's probably fair. So I, then again, it's also, you know, he's doing it cause he knows that it works 20% of the time. Well, and also probably cause it's like receivers aren't open cause they're not like a, a great group and he probably has True. a, Outside of Travis Kelsey, like he's having trouble, like, you know, getting guys wide open and scheming them up. I've been um, the one thing I will say about the Chiefs, I've been really impressed with their defense this year. Like the fact that they are kind of a more balanced team. Their offense has not been quite as good, but their defense, which has all these draft picks on that team from last year, seems to just be getting better and better. Yeah. And I would, you know, I would I would in in the guts of the season come playoff time. Like uh, you just sort of trust that Mahomes will be able to get it done on offense. Even if the, the receiver talent is not so good. This is obviously the hardest game they're going to have the entire season, right? When you factor in, or do you think Dallas might be harder? Like I'm, I'm factoring in road and yeah, I think it is the hardest game. I think it's interesting because I think the game with the most juice is going to be that Niners game. Yeah. Um, and maybe the most important game is going to be that Dallas game. But yeah, I mean, just on paper, the defending champions at home coming off a bye, that's that's a pretty tough recipe. It it is. But yet be- I also feel better about the Eagles' chances in this game than maybe some of the other ones just because uh they're gonna have that little extra extra motivation edge. It it is gonna be strange though if they like lose by four or seven and they and they play a pretty competitive game where I'm gonna be like, huh, okay, that's that's not bad. It's weird that I think you'll do the Cowboys thing. You'll yeah, have the moral victory. It'll be a complete moral victory yeah. for the Eagles uh after that. It's it's also, yeah, I mean it it'll be tough this uh this stretch coming up. I'm uh you know, we, we talked about this the entire year and I guess uh I guess we'll see what they're made of here. It is true. Like this is when the schedule came out, it was like, oh my God, wait until we get to this stretch and now we are in that stretch. And so uh it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun month ahead so looking forward to it that'll do it for this episode of the phly eagles podcast thank you to rich for pulling the double duty triple duty if you count the newsletter oh you know what i want to ask you about the newsletter before we before we go what is what what has been like your uh your daily writing process like yeah it's been a lot of like 10 o'clock you know i, I sit down or not not 10 a.m or p.m p.m uh okay. you know it's kind of like 8 p.m i'm a little bit of like a night owl so like in in between 8 and 10 and you spend like, you know, two or three hours to write it. I think 
Luckily, they found a way for me to schedule it for the morning. So if, oh, okay, so if, if you stay up late, you don't have to be the one to hit send. If yeah, exactly. So if if anything happens overnight, I miss it. Uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago the James Harden trade happened at like one o'clock in the morning, and I I think I deleted the paragraph I wrote about him. You know, kind of the the latest nonsense update about him. Right. And I just said the James Harden trade happened, and you'll read about read more about it tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and. It was kind of nice to do that. But anyway, go to my uh, my Twitter. It's it's on the bio, all P-H-L-Y, the newsletter. It is free. It is nice to say that, that it is free. I am not charging you anything, just your email. And you can, you know, if you care about the Eagles, if you care about even one other of the teams, and I, I imagine most of you do, I think it's a good read for you every morning just to keep you refreshed. Like, you know, some nights you, you want to watch Netflix. You want to go, go to the movies. You just don't want to think about sports. Well, that's what I'm here for. It is fantastic uh this is not just me saying it i hear from people all over how much they love the the rich newsletter it's like the exact thing that people are looking for for the catch up in the morning for philadelphia sports and uh and rich has has the renaissance man insight into into every team i mean do you like are you like a flyers guy like i i could not speak flyers i am not uh like i could not speak that language no, and I think the good thing about writing the newsletter is that we have Charlie and we have Bill, <laughs> who, to, yeah, yeah. who, you know, you kind of listen to them and you kind of just regurgitate what they're saying. I, I will say covering the Flyers was the hardest thing I've done. Like a one nothing hockey game to get like in my past jobs, 800 words on that. Charlie is is a very impressive writer <laughs> because I, I, I was just like, yeah, there were some hits. There were some shots. There was one goal. And that's Somebody pretty tickled much the twine and yeah, exactly. there you go. All right, yeah, so go to uh, allphly.com to sign up or go to Rich's Twitter, uh, and you can sign up for that. Good way to start every day. And that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back on Monday. Zach will be back. We hope that he is enjoying his time away. Obviously, he's not. He's probably listening to this podcast multiple times. But, uh, Zach, for Rich and Andrew and B-Doc, this is to you. We want you to know that, as always, we love you.